0: This is made possible by Oh Them Bones Daily Tech News Show V and Craig It's cold in Nevada right now. The desert air has a chill. The Las Vegas Strip is On its best behavior. For the first time ever, the Super Bowl is about to descend onto the hospitality capital of the world. The Luxor Pyramid is transformed into a Dorito. But something else is happening before the big game. Something that's the focus of the world. On Tuesday, the Silver State of Nevada will hold a primary to determine the state's preference for the Republican nominee for president. In a twist of fate, that contest will have no bearing whatsoever on who will be the GOP nominee. That will take place on Thursday, during a caucus. Two for one, usually good odds in a gambling town. This, obviously, is a highly unusual situation. A novel one amidst another national spectacle while the greatest political showman of his era and an underdog desperate for momentum battle. And yet, for either contest, there's no visible way to tell that they're even happening. No yard signs. No truck flags. No commercials. No campaign events. It's... Just a sleepwalk to Election Day. So a real quick note on how we got here. The Nevada Republican Party announced in August of 2023 that they would boycott the state organized primary scheduled for February 6th. And instead, they would hold their own caucus on February 8th. Of course, that is the difference between a primary and a caucus. A primary is run by the state. A caucus is run by the party. Ultimately, though, the party has to agree to allow the state to administer their primary to have their delegates go to the victor. You follow me? Okay. So for the caucus... Delegates will be proportionally allocated to the candidate who receives at least 3.85% of the vote. It's important to note that votes in the February 6th primary will not be included in determining Nevada's 26 delegates for the nomination. Indeed, nobody who participates in that primary is allowed to participate in the caucus. When the Nevada state Republicans made that decision, they also and a few others, including a very targeted rule about super PACs, but we'll get into that a little later. Here's the reality. Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, and Mike Pence signed up for the Nevada primary. Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and Vivek Ramishwamy signed up for the caucus. Of all those candidates, the only two who remain in this race aren't in the same contest. Nikki Haley is in the primary and Donald Trump is in the caucus. So that's what everybody pretty much knows now. What a lot of people don't seem to be focusing on is how we got to this place. Why is this so confusing? And considering this is such a winner-take-all situation, why is Donald Trump not out here in Las Vegas during the Super Bowl soaking up every second of media attention that he possibly can so he can seem like a much bigger deal than Nikki Haley? And why isn't Nikki Haley here trying to do anything she can to look like a winner? On this episode live from Las Vegas, Nevada, we make sense of all of it. How about who knows where Politics, politics, politics. I'm Justin Robert Young. I'm here in the sports book of the Orleans Hotel and Casino, Off Strip, in Las Vegas. It's where I always stay when I'm in Vegas. Uh, it's a delightful little slice of America. But the reason why I'm in the sports book is because I'm looking at dozens of televisions playing various different sporting events from around the world. What I have not seen on any television in any place while I have been here in Las Vegas is something that I am normally used to seeing a lot of. And that is television ads for the candidates that are running in the elections that I have flown from my home across the country to cover. What I will normally do, the first thing, when I get into my hotel, when I am covering something, is just to turn on the television and leave it there, on mute. Because periodically, whenever I'm doing anything, my eye will be drawn to the ads that are playing. And I can get a sense of who's bought a lot of television ads and what message they're trying to get across in Iowa, it was uh, Nikki Haley is for the transgender agenda, according to Ron DeSantis. In New Hampshire, it was that Donald Trump and Joe Biden are too old to leave. But here, it's nothing. Literally, nothing. And that's remarkable. It is a sign of full disengagement from All campaigns involved. I can't remember a time where this has ever happened since I've been traveling for PX3. It's unique. If we're going to look for why this has become such a huge mess, we should probably start with the legendary Nevada Senator, Harry Reid. Most of you guys know Reid's name as the Democratic Majority Leader during the Obama administration. Among the most consequential power players of his era, Reed made many issues in Nevada national fodder. And one of his more pernicious desires was to make Nevada more relevant on the primary calendar. In 2008, he began this. He pushed and succeeded to make the Silver State among the first states to vote in the Union. But Nevada remained and also ran Behind the darlings of the early voting season, Protected Traditions, Iowa and New Hampshire. So Reed retires in 2017, and the very next primary is in 2022. And it's a fiasco. Tonight, Iowa indecision. After nearly a day of chaos and confusion, our first snapshot of the caucus results, but only part of that. As chair of the party, I apologize deeply for this. The decision to put out incomplete numbers infuriating contenders like Elizabeth Warren. I think they ought to get it together and release all of the data. This is not a good night for democracy. Iowa's a mess. Pete Buttigieg takes credit for winning before there were enough votes to even call the race. This enrages the Bernie Sanders campaign. I was in Iowa when that happened. And I remember going from the Amy Klobuchar event, because we thought Amy Klobuchar was going to drop out because she would do so poorly. But as soon as it became clear that we weren't going to have final votes that night, she ran out on stage, said, see you in New Hampshire, and left. So me and uh, Kevin Ryan hightailed it over to Bernie's place because we figured, all right, they're gonna be really, really mad. And they were. I've never walked into a room and been able to smell anger. Now, amongst Democrats, this was viewed as the final straw for Iowa. And Reed had his eyes on taking that spot. Now, without getting too far into the weeds on this, Nevada's not the first or the last state to lust. After having a first-in-the-nation spot, Florida tried to leapfrog states in the past only to get slapped down. But with Iowa in flames, there was a real chance to change things. But Nevada did have to get ready for it because the Democratic Party was moving away from caucuses. And Reid didn't like caucuses at all. Caucuses like Nevada held. Iowa was a debacle in terms of the actual caucus. That's right. You guys have a caucus happening here on Saturday. We're going to have a good caucus, but when this caucus is over, I'm going to come out and talk about the need to get rid of the caucuses all over. I don't like them. No caucuses in Nevada, too? No. Just primaries? Yep. Einstein couldn't figure out how you do a caucus. It's really very, very difficult. Caucuses, of course usually tend to favor candidates that have really, really, really hardcore supporters. Supporters that are going to organize and argue for their candidates. By the way, this happened at a time when uh, Reid was very much not in love with Bernie Sanders. And Bernie Sanders dominated the Nevada caucus in February of 2021. The Nevada State Legislature, led by Democrats, passed a law making Nevada the first primary state in the nation. The law required the presidential primary to be held on the first Tuesday in February in a presidential election year. It was signed into law by then-Governor Democrat Steve Sisolak. Nevada is more racially diverse than Iowa or New Hampshire. At least that's how the argument went. Well, it is, but that's what people were saying. Another early state looking to move up, South Carolina, a state represented by Congressional Black Caucus heavyweight, Representative Jim Clyburn. Quote Clyburn, I don't have any problems with Nevada being first. I personally, though, have a problem with Iowa being first. Just give South Carolina its shot in the pre-primary window, and I think we can give guidance to the rest of this country as to how we ought to shake out our candidates. And I think history proves that. Here at 6 o'clock. Former Nevada Senator Harry Reid has died. This comes just a couple of weeks after McCarran Airport was renamed Harry Reid International Airport. He was diagnosed in 2018 with pancreatic cancer and he survived long enough to see. Harry Reid died on December 28, 2021. And in February of 23, the Democratic National Committee, under the direction of Jim Clyburn protege Jamie Harrison, did indeed reshuffle their schedule. South Carolina got the coveted first spot. Nevada and New Hampshire would go second. Together, on the first Tuesday in February. But that's all on the Democratic side. Sure, it's the reason why there's a primary, but it doesn't have anything to do with Donald Trump or Nikki Haley. After we come back, why there's a caucus, why it was tilted toward Trump, and why Nikki Haley is running away from her only win in this primary season. This is your update brought to you by TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Thank you guys so much. I am out here in the desert right now. Rainy desert. Been a bit a bit uh, gloomy as Super Bowl week kicks off here in Las Vegas. But the only reason why it happens is because you guys send me out here and you guys send me out here by supporting the show. So head on over. Take politics seriously. Dot com three dollar level gets you two bonus podcasts each and every week and when there are campaign events it means you guys hear right from the horse's mouth no spin no filter just the clips and what I think about it take politics seriously com let's get to do some news that we are not covering in this episode because it doesn't have anything to do with the non-existent nevada primaries and caucuses king charles iii has been diagnosed with cancer buckingham palace announced causing widespread concern having ascended to the throne in september 2022 after queen elizabeth ii's passing charles will continue royal duties but he will scale back public facing responsibilities The palace expressed Charles' appreciation for his medical team's quick response and conveyed his eagerness to resume full public duty soon. Prince Harry, Charles' youngest son, residing in California, has been in touch with his father and plans to return to the UK. Concerns about Charles' health were previously raised following his three-day hospitalization last month for prostate treatment. During this time, doctors discovered a separate health issue, later identified as cancer. Charles has begun a regular treatment schedule uk prime minister rishi sunak speaker of the house of commons lindsey hoyle and united states president joe biden have all expressed their support and well wishes for king charles yeah man rough rough out here who's got cancer nice looks like it's prostate cancer which does have a very high survivability but The guy's 75, so you never know. U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, who is overseeing Donald Trump's criminal case in Washington, D.C., has indicated that the trial could extend into late 2024 amidst ongoing legal uncertainties. The case, on hold since December, awaits a federal appeals court decision regarding Trump's claim of immunity for actions taken during his presidency, This delay has led Judge Chutkin to cancel the original trial date of March 4th. In a recent statement, Chutkin mentioned that her availability in early August is contingent on the trial schedule, hinting at the possible extension of Trump's trial beyond the Republican National Convention in mid-July. The charges against Trump relate to his efforts to overturn the 2020 election based on unsubstantiated fraud claims. Judge Chutkin emphasized that her scheduling decisions are independent of Trump's political calendar and stressed the importance of a fair yet expeditious trial. She rejected a proposal to schedule the trial in 2026, underscoring the urgency and significance of the case. In parallel, prosecutors in Georgia have suggested August for a separate trial involving Trump, also connected with the 2020 election, although that is also pending approval. What I want you guys to focus on because we're going to we're, we're we're morphing now into court TV. The public opinion polls on each of these trials specifically are not equal. People don't look at the Stormy Daniels hush money trial seriously. We'll see exactly how much the Georgia case will be Uh, muddied up because of District Attorney Fawny Willis's now admitted relationship with the lead attorney, the lead prosecutor in that case. And then the documents case is, is not something that has resonated with the public, but January 6th does. This case, the case being presided over by Judge Chutkin, does matter. People do have very, very, very strong uh, uh, feelings and opinions. So if Donald Trump can push this further and further out and avoid being a convicted felon with this charge, that is what he wants to do. It's why they're suggesting a start date in 2026. And finally, this is the big news here. In politics, a bipartisan border bill recently revealed in the Senate faces strong opposition from both House and Senate Republicans. Speaker Mike Johnson criticized the bill and labeled it dead on arrival on X last night. He believes that the bill fails to address crucial aspects necessary to solve border issues. Conservative Republicans in the Senate have also expressed their intent to oppose the measure. Yet, despite the backlash, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer plans to bring the bill to the Senate for a procedural vote on Wednesday. So a lot of conversation on this. All of the same folks that didn't support this bill before they read the text, now don't support it after they've read the text. You want to watch people like Senator John Cornyn. He is somebody that you would need if this is going to make it out of the Senate. Uh, Mike Johnson says it's dead on arrival in the House. I can't imagine that's going to change. So this is not going to work. Um, You know, I don't know. I'm trying to rack my brain and think what could change, but I can't really think of anything. And that is your update. TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you need to go if you want to support this show. Thank you very, very much to everybody who does it. I never feel more lucky than when I am out here on the road, even when the road is really lonesome. <laughs> like it is right now. Takepoliticsseriously.com. Let's get back to
1: it. I am here in uh, Summerlin, suburb of las vegas uh, not far from it it is it is in the las vegas metro area but according to reputation it is where the republicans live <laughs> it is it is where there is a conservative influence and like i do in uh times where i don't have campaign events to go to i drive around neighborhoods and I do the old campaign hack bit of counting yard signs. You know, during a primary, this is, this is when people who are very excited about a race put stuff out. And I've been driving around now for over an hour, driving in and out of neighborhoods. And I am here to tell you, dear listener, that something I have never experienced before in my life has happened. And that is, I have not seen one single yard sign at all, whatsoever. Not for a Republican, not for a Democrat, for nobody. I have seen real estate signs. I saw an Egyptian hieroglyphic that somebody put out, but I don't know whether or not there are very strong HOA rules to not do it, to not put a yard sign out, but it is non-existent out here. It is non-existent. Oh, Wait a minute, hold on. Literally, as I am recording, I am seeing my first sign, my first sign, For Shelley Berkley and for Cedric Cedar, these are not presidential candidates. (laughs) uh, I can look those up and I'm sure I'm going to come back and tell you who those people are.
0: Those signs were for Shelley Berkley and Cedric Creer, both Democrats who are running for the role of Las Vegas mayor. Which is not as impressive as you might think because technically the Las Vegas Strip, what most people think of, and what you're going to see a lot in Super Bowl cutaways, that's not technically Las Vegas. That is unincorporated Clark County. It's a complicated thing. The Las Vegas mayor is basically the mayor of downtown or old Vegas. So, anyway, but they have signs up. They got signs. They have signs. You want to know who doesn't have a sign? Donald Trump. You want to know who doesn't have a sign? Nikki Haley. Trump was the first candidate to enter the Nevada caucus. At that time, his closest competition was Ron DeSantis. And the super PAC that backed Ron DeSantis never backed down, called the Nevada caucus rigged. Why? Remember when I said that the Nevada GOP also made a ruling on super PACs where they decided to reject the primary, and have a caucus? Well, that ruling was that Super PACs couldn't be involved in the Nevada caucus at all. Now, I can't think of a reason why this would happen when it happened, aside from the relationship between the DeSantis 2024 campaign and the Never Back Down Super PAC. Specifically, the PAC did the vast majority of Desantis's events canvassing, and door-knocking. After the ruling, Never Back Down announced that they would be pulling out of Nevada. The decision to tilt the contest sharply in favor of Trump was not universally accepted amongst Nevada Republican operatives. They believed it would cause confusion and aid a very popular candidate who probably didn't need it. And based on the conversations I've had since being here, they were right. I can also tell you that it confused this humble reporter. I initially booked my trip out here for the caucus before double-checking and seeing the date of the primary. So I changed my flight in my hotel, not realizing that both of them existed. Local television here in Las Vegas has done segments explaining to viewers that the reason Donald Trump is not on the early primary ballots is not a misprint, Or a conspiracy. Let's get right to the heart of the matter. We're getting a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls from people. They got the Nevada sample ballot for the primary. They're concerned that their candidate, I assume that would be former President Trump or Ron DeSantis, is not on that ballot. So can you tell us what's going on? What it is, is an absolute mess. Class. They're falling all over themselves saying this race is over. Well, I have news for all of them New Hampshire is first in the nation, it is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. And the next one is my sweet state of South Carolina. That was Nikki Haley after her disappointing second place finish in New Hampshire a few weeks ago. Notice, no mention of Nevada, and it's a curious decision, since the Silver State will almost assuredly give Nikki what she hasn't been able to notch yet, a win. Let's be clear and consistent on this program. It is my opinion that Nikki Haley had to win New Hampshire. She didn't. She has to win her home state of South Carolina, and by all available metrics leading up to that primary later this month, she's still 25 points behind. Comebacks are possible in this world. 25-point comebacks don't happen. In both races, New Hampshire and now on the campaign trail in South Carolina, Nikki Haley has said that all she needs are strong finishes to justify continuing this is either delusional or ignorant of the fact that super tuesday is right around the corner in early march that will deliver the lion's share of delegates for this contest from mega states like california and texas two states that donald trump is going to trounce in now is a win in nevada in a primary without a national front runner in the race ideal no But to use a sports gambling metaphor, it would be like betting on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl and then not cashing the ticket when they do exactly that because the 49ers weren't allowed to play. A win is a win is a win, especially for a winless campaign. And it is very surprising to me that Nikki Haley is not trudging on out here and taking credit for it. The media optics, especially considering that there were Republicans on the record in this state saying that it was rigged for Trump, would be pretty good for her. By the way, Nikki Haley's campaign is bragging about skipping Nevada. As I record this on Monday, Nikki Haley's campaign manager, Betsy Ankney, had this to say, quote, We have not spent a dime or ounce of energy on Nevada. We aren't going to pay $55,000 to a Trump entity to participate in a process that is rigged for Trump. Nevada is not and has never been our focus. I'm truly not sure what the Trump team is up to out there, but they seem pretty spun up about it. The $55,000 she's referring to is the entry fee for the caucus. The fact that things could be more embarrassing for Nikki. in Nevada there is a none of these candidates option in all statewide, presidential, and vice presidential election ballots since 1975. This option allows voters to express dissatisfaction with the available candidates. If Nikki Haley gets less votes than none of these candidates, it will be an unforced error on a campaign that if they want to continue to pretend like they're being serious, cannot afford unforced errors. Nikki Haley is past the point of a realistic, natural comeback. She would either need some kind of cataclysmic health event for Donald Trump or a miracle from God. But even if we are pretending that she could draw close, she needs to be perfect. And losing to none of these candidates is far from perfect. But then again, that would require anybody involved in this to care. And so far, that's not happening. When Nikki Haley and Donald Trump should be out here drumming up all the support they can. The national media should be here. It's just me, friends. Out here in the desert, it's nothing but Tumble and Tumbleweed.
1: Here on the range I belong
0: That'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, politics, politics is written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. You can follow, find, and share video clips of the show when we're in studio: TikTok Justin R Young, Instagram Justin R Young, YouTube is Politics, Politics, Politics. You can send me an email: theyoungamerican at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow the show: px3tweets. And then me, Justin R. Young, on that website. And you can share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy. px3podcast.com If you would like to support me, you can do so. paypal.me slash jury. If you have a Venmo account, you can use that. Because Venmo money isn't real. Justin-Young-20 Our cash app is PX3 Cash, and you can send me anything you'd like in the mail. P.O. Box, 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. Of course you can only get our bonus content at takepoliticsseriously.com three dollar tier get you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news we miss on our free podcasting schedule and our ten dollar tier get your name right at the end of the podcast like these fine folks in the titanic ten dollar tier sam john niemeister edwin and vote gloria young for king of the new world order brian Edison, Jeremy, a dog named Checkers, Sarah, Genie, Spider, Rogue, Matthew, Doctor G, Dustin, Brad, D Laser, Nick, just another pilot, middle-aged Mike, Utah Jimmy, Montana, the gen. Alo. D. Really, Andrew, Lisa, Fat, Tony's PJs from New York, Devon, the CFP, Gloria, my mom, Gray Zone, Robert J, Neil, Ye old pinball shop. John, DP4Bongo, Neil, his nerdiness, Charles, Audrey, Steve, uh, 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 Audrey stole Adler's spot, Darren, Idris Arslanian, Berkeley Steven, Nomadic Terran, Molly's delightful demeanor, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul, and you, if you want to join that list. TakePoliticsSeriously.com, $10 tier. Good place to be these days. We uh will be back on Friday. So this was our episode that normally comes out on Wednesday came out on Monday night, Tuesday depending on when you listen to this because I think that this plays better as a preview for Nevada uh and as we explained. I mean, I don't know. I already just did the episode, so that's why it's out early. But we'll be back Friday and uh we'll have some good conversation about the border bill. We'll have some good conversation about uh whatever the fallout of this is anyway till next time friends is your old pal justin robert young saying some shows talk about politics others talk about politics and still more discuss politics but this is the only show that dares discuss oh three three three